Welcome to Rafa. I'm Dr. Lee West. Glad to have you with us in this particular teaching. I think it's going to make a major contribution into your life. And also it's going to answer a lot of questions. Well, maybe that's a little strong. Some questions that people have risen uh, about, did Jesus inherit Adam's sin nature? Now, we we really shouldn't have to discuss this too drastically, but there seems to be in some circles this question that that needs to be addressed and answered. And so um, I'm happy to do it. It's just a little disturbing that we have to even go this route because we, we could tolerate this in baby Christians, but those with maturity and especially those who have national and even international renown, we shouldn't have to address this with them. But we'll get into it. Also, glad to have you with us and glad that you've chosen this teaching off of our website. Just to remind you, if you go back there, you will find a lot of things that uh, other teachings and also some free uh, ministries that we've done live preaching. A lot of people have never heard full gospel preaching. Well, you can find some of those we've archived there. And also there's uh, an area where you can pull up Lee West Ministries and you can find our Bible Answer Man segment. And those are free for the for the listening, and we just pray that those will be a blessing to you. And let me just mention here, if you desire to uh, give an offering to this ministry, we would be delighted to have that and uh, ask God's blessing upon it and appreciate it so very much. Now, God's going to get his work done. I'm not trying to beg anything, but I'm just offering those of you who might witness to that. If you'd like a special blessing, then... Uh, Give, give something, whatever God dictates to you or whatever you desire to. God lets that up to you if you want to give something to other ministries, you know, in the giving us area of alms just to bless them. Then he'll honor that. Okay. Uh, the subject, did Jesus inherit Adam's sin nature? Well, at the very beginning, let me say no, categorically, Jesus Christ was God. So it was impossible for him to inherit any sin. There was no sin ever in Jesus Christ. The word before he became flesh or after he became flesh, he remained pure of sin. That was necessary. So God's going to give us some good thoughts about that. No, Jesus Christ was God. And as being as God, not as God, but being God, he, it was impossible for him to commit any sin. Tempted? Yes. Sin? No. First Corinthians chapter 15 verse 45 says this. The first man, Adam, was made a living soul. The last Adam was made a quickening spirit. Now the first man, Adam, there was totally human. That needs to be made clear. And he was made to be, he to generate, come into being. God brought him into being. Jesus Christ was a, a manifestation by God. The last Adam did not say in, in that text, man Adam. It just says the last Adam. The first one says the first man Adam. The last says the last Adam did not use the word uh, man in that. Jesus was a God man. You could not have separated his godhood from his manhood or his manhood from his godhood. That would not be allowed in the, in the Greek rendering of his incarnation and his incarnational walk. It says he was made. 
this made was not in the original manuscript. It was only inserted for clarification. So you just say uh, the last Adam. The first man, Adam, and the last Adam. He was also made a, uh, was made, it was said, as I said, uh, not in the original manuscript. It was only inserted for clarification. And then it goes on to say he was a quickening spirit. Uh, that means one who can authorize life, Zoe life, to come forth. He was the only one available to do that. Why? Because he was God. In him was life, the scriptures say. Hebrews chapter 10, verse 5 says this, When he cometh into the world, he saith, Sacrifice and offerings thou did not desire, but a body thou hast prepared me. This was a declarative sentence by Jesus Christ as he came into the world. He says, A body as a recognizable entity would be the translation of that. Thou prepared me with which it was joined or complete. There was a plan that was completed through the incarnation of Jesus Christ. Matthew chapter 1, verse 18. The birth of Jesus was as follows, and he goes on to explain that. His mother, Mary, which would be Miriam in the, uh, in the Greek translation, was a spouse. That just simply means betrothed or to be set apart or committed to marry Joseph. Before they came together, that means before they had sexual intercourse. Now, I'm sorry. Uh, no, I'm not sorry. Yeah, I started to say I was sorry. My Roman Catholic friends that they, who teach that Mary was in, uh, forever a virgin. No, she wasn't. She had other children. But G and Joseph had no sex because Jesus Christ was fathered by the Holy Spirit. So before they had sex, uh, Sexual intercourse, she was found with child, is what it says. But that found there just means perceived by observation, found, obviously, logically evaluated by heaven and earth with child. That means she was just pregnant. You could tell that she was pregnant. And I'm going to insert here Jesus Christ, the man, carried this stigma for the rest of his life. He carried that, that stigma. And it says he was found pregnant of the Holy Ghost. That means by divine impregnation of her egg by the Holy Spirit. Now, we don't, we don't know how that happened. Uh, it, God just says that that's the way he did it. And that's fine enough for me. Some philosophers can try to put a rendering on that. I denounce it and pronounce it a curse upon anybody who tries to say any other way except by the Holy Spirit. And in verse 21 says, Thou shalt call his name Jesus. In the translation, the Jesus there is really just a transliteration of the name Yahshua, which just means Savior. And he goes on to explain that. says, For he shall save, that means deliver, his people from their sins. And you know, he's still doing that. He did, he does that. That's why he came to be a savior of, of, uh, of souls and, 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 uh, spirits. Yes. But also he, he's a Yeshua to us now in our needs. So he's still performing that dual role to his people from their sins. All right. That's wonderful promise of God. John chapter one, verse one 
says this, in the beginning was the word and the word was with God and the word was God. Now, Jehovah's Witnesses, they want to try to change that to he was a God and the people are blind. They're being led by the blind and they're both going to fall into the ditch. And when they come to the, to my door occasionally, this is one of the passages that I try to get through to them to, to plant a seed. Most of the time, you're not going to get them to change at their door. But they try to get by with saying that he was a God. No, the Bible clearly says that he was God. And if, if we search it out, we'll know that. We just simply know that in our souls uh, until we come to God. And then we know it in our spirit as as quickened, made alive people. John chapter 1 verse uh, 14 says, well, let me read verse 1 since I've elaborated something. It says, John chapter 1, 1 says, In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. And then verse 14 says, And, conjunction, the Word was made, that means became flesh, not not just uh, created for the first time, but fashioned. The Word was fashioned, became flesh, and dwelt among us. The word, divine expression, uh, perfect. The word was God, Trinity, Elohim, eternal, self-existing. In the Old Testament, it means just, they, they, they understand him as all-powerful. In the New Covenant, New Testament, he's the possessing, all, he possesses all of the divine attributes and indisputable ascribed ad, uh, qualities. They were not able to dispute or Jesus Christ ascribed qualities in his incarnation. Romans chapter 5 verse 12 is a wonderful elaboration. It says, by one man, Adam, sin entered into the world and death by sin. Now, let, let me just toss in a little toss up here. Thought There was sin in creation in animals before Adam sinned. It was by his sin that death entered in to mankind through his sin. Those uh, other advanced lifestyles that we call humans uh, in, in science, those ape-like individuals and even human-type individual, bipedal primates that walked, Neanderthals and those type, they did not have God consciousness in them. So they died. Many generations of them died. And if you study, that's a wonderful study, but it's not here. But it just said, by one man, Adam, sent it into the world, and death by sin, that could be said by his sin. And so death passed, that means a channel to traverse through upon all men, for that all has sinned. Verse 18, therefore, because of what we just read, as by the offense, that means the apostatizing, the falling away of one, judgment came upon all men to condemnation. That means a sentence of death came upon all men. The judgment of that came upon all men says, even so, by the righteousness, that's the rendering by an authoritative, 
the equitable decision that could only be made by God of one of the free gifts came upon all men unto justification of life. That's verse 18 of Romans 5. And then verse 19 says, For as by one man's disobedience many were made sinners, so by the obedience, that means submissions and compliance, of one shall many be made, that means designated or permanently, righteous. That means judged by the divine standards or according to human standards of what is right, inherently right. Hebrews 10.4 says, For it is not possible that the blood of bulls and goats should take away sins. So all of the blood of bulls and goats that were slain righteously before God through the Hebrews or through idol sacrifices by pagans counted uh, nothing to the, the ecology of economy of God when he brought forth his man into the world because of blood of bull and goats, but it's really alluding, alluding to the sacrifices in the tabernacle and in the temple. But uh, you, you could toss in the others a sidetrack. Hebrews 10 verse 5 says, When he cometh into the world, he saith, Sacrifice and offering thou wouldest not. I mean, he, the father didn't desire, but a body hast thou prepared me. This is Jesus' confession. Body means his flesh identified with the terrestrial and his spirit identified with the celestial. That's good. That's good to separate those in that way, yet a unity. In Philippians chapter 2, verse 5, let this mind be in you which was also in Christ Jesus. And then it explains that. Verse 6, who, being in the form of God, thought it not robbery to be equal with God, then explains that in verse 7, but made himself of no reputation and took upon him the form of a servant and was made in the likeness of men. And then it explains that by a colon. Verse 8, and being found in fashion as a man, he humbled himself and became obedient unto death, even the death of the cross. Now, it talks about being in the form of, of God. That means a shape, adjustment, uh, a feature of someone's, like a, like a shadow or what you perceive. And it says to be equal with God. Right now, the spirit-filled believers can never share his divinity. However, we can operate as Jesus did through his uh, delegated authority and his fleshly relationship with the Father, because Jesus relied on the Father just as we have to in his incarnation, said he made himself of no reputation. He chose to do that. He made himself of no reputation. And there it just, it, the word is, in the Greek is uh, kino. He neutralized his divine attributes, rendering them neutral while he was in his incarnation. Our English word for that would be uh, a cathartic, cathartic. It means a purgative, that uh, of a body cleansing agent, cathartic. Was made in the likeness of men. He humbled himself even to the death on the cross. Means he humiliated himself. He made himself low in, in the eyes of man and in, in stature for a temporary period during that incarnation and even there into the end. God had to provide for fallen men a savior, a redeemer, 
who possess none of Adam's alienating curse qualities. You see, only only God could provide a perfect sacrifice for man's sins. Once Adam sinned, the communion, the fellowship, the uh, getting along in harmony with God was severed, and there was no way for Adam's progenity to get back in harmony with God until Adam found a way to get before God. And we, the process isn't fully explained in the, in the book of Genesis, but it does say that God uh, slew an animal, which I be, it doesn't say it, but I, I believe it was a sheep, and then clothed Adam with that blood. Now, this is, this, I'm taking a little bit of liberty here. Just give you something thought. It's my teaching, and I, I teach this, and I believe it, that God slew an animal. And just to prove a point to Adam how poignant it was, I believe he put that slain animal's blood-dripping garment on Adam, the stench of it. And he I don't know how long he had to wear that thing. Doesn't say that either, but I think it was to reiterate to Adam and to bring into a forceful recognition of just what was required. And then of God started a processing there uh, to get up to that. We're, we're availing ourselves even through today, but I don't know how Adam got back to God. I'm sure God made a way for him to communicate once again and confess his sin and ask the father to forgive him. That's the only way he could have done in that time between when he sinned and when God clothed him with that animal uh, garment. Interesting thinking. As I said, a lot of that is my interpretation and my feelings. So you, you form your own, but just stay with the word. Don't, don't try to do a much, a lot of eisegesis. And I try to curtail a lot of that myself, unless it kind of bears some kind of harmony to the word. And I try to make it clear that that's, that's my words. Eisegeting is the thing which is not there. We have to be careful about saying what more than what the word says. Okay. Isaiah chapter 43, verse 10 says, Ye are my witnesses, saith the Lord, and my servants, which I have chosen. Now, the Jehovah's Witnesses choose us as one of their proof texts. But though this, this is God's to his people, that ye may know, that means observe, be a caregiver, recognition, and believe me as a child would to their parents. We accept our parents, or we should, as truth, and our parents should be that to us and never do anything to compromise uh, their children's faith in them. And believe me, and understand, that means grasp, discern, make a mental decision. And that's what's, that's what required to become a witness for God. That's why children can't be saved before the age of accountability. And that flies in the face of so many who baptize children. They try to explain it away. No, it, there's nobody who can become a believer until they have the cognitive ability to make a mental evaluated decision to accept the Lord Jesus Christ. And he says that I am he, and when he uses I am he, that's reaching back into Genesis. There he explains that as he's, he's almighty God. That's as, there in Exodus 3, where, where he gave that thought to Moses. And he uses that word of him, I am. That's as close as we can get to the tetragrammaton, where he uses I am. That means always constant, always is, was, is, and always will be. 
He says, before me, there was no God formed. That means as a potter forms and fashions on a potter's wheel. And we see that in Jeremiah 18, where that's carried for in the more uh, demonstrative narrative. Neither before me, there was no God formed. Neither shall there be after me. That means no other gods that are, are is the one and only God. That's definitive. It's clear. It's it's non-debatable. If the people want to debate it, debate it, they have to reach into their own understanding or somebody else's misguided understanding. There, there was no God before him. There's no God after him. It was always he. It was always I am. And verse 11 of Isaiah 43 says, I, even I am, again, uses that word, the Lord. And he explains that. And besides me, there is no savior, no Yeshua. No, Jesus Christ. I'll add it a little bit there at the end with liberty. That's very clear. This revelation renders all other searches futile. There's no way to get to God except through Jesus Christ. Romans 2, chapter, chapter 2, verse 4 says, Despisest thou the riches and his goodness and forbearance, and long suffering, and knoweth that the goodness of God leadeth thee to repentance. That, that's a salvation message, and it's always a healing deliverance message for those who are delivered and to those who are seeking help from the Lord. That's a, a way to get to Him for your cleansing and healing. Romans chapter 1, verse 18. The wrath of God is revealed from heaven against all ungodliness, impropriety, driving forces, impulses uh, to go seeking uh, of men. It's revealed against all of that ungodliness. In other words, God is addressing every false attitude and doctrine that comes down the road. He's addressing that. In verse 19 of Romans 1, because that which may be known of God is manifest in them. That means evident among them. For God has showed it unto them. God is going to show everything that is needful for us to get saved, stay saved, progress in him, have a wonderful life in him. Verse 20, for the invisible things of him, that means his unseen power and divinity, from the creation of the world was clearly seen, being understood by the things that are made, even his eternal power and Godhead, that means his divine nature, so that they are without excuse. I've tried to share that with some people who were blind willfully, and it's difficult for them to see that you can look at nature. You could see the things around us. I, I've, I challenge people. You start with a blade of grass. You start with a cloud. You start with a raindrop. You start with a person. You start with a personality. You start with anything that's made or conceived or intuition. And just gonna, if you will be honest, that search, God will honor and he will lead you to the truth. And that can be shown to the people's in areas of the world that have never heard the name of Jesus, or it can be found on the biggest street in the United States or other countries, if they're seeking and desire to seek God, he will manifest his truth to them. 
Now, verse 21 again, because that when they knew God, they glorified him not as God. They knew him, it says. They glorified him not as God. Knew him and didn't glorify him. Neither were thankful because they became vain, futile in their imaginations, their thoughts, and their foolish hearts was darkened. That means deprived of light. If they choose, if a person chooses that, God will let them go. He gave Jesus Christ on the cross and he shared that into every heart, these truths. And those who reject it, they do it at their own peril. Hebrews chapter 10, verse 12 says this, This man, after he had offered one sacrifice for sins, forever sat down on the right hand of God. That's talking about Jesus Christ. One sacrifice, only Jesus' blood qualifies. says forever, for as long as required. There's coming a time in the distant future when this will be totally answered in the meantime, we're going to go through vacillations and, and, and elevations and declining times while God is processing this. But the encouraging thing, there's coming a time when this will be totally satisfied. And it says, and he sat down past tense, past, not future, not present, past tense. He sat down. That meaning the task was completed, and he said on the cross, it is finished. Revelations chapter 1, verse 17. Fear not. I am the first. Now, this is Jesus Christ saying this. If you read it, you'll understand. Fear not. I am the first and the last. Verse 18. I am. Genesis sounds familiar. I am he that liveth and was dead. And he goes on to explain that. Actually, was dead, I think. It's better translated, became dead. And he explains it. And behold, it means look with consternation and with wonderment. See and observe. I am alive forevermore. Couldn't be killed. No, no person killed Jesus Christ. The Holy Spirit slain him. Father slain him. Jesus Christ slain himself and gave himself up to be slain. Played him. Revelation 22, verse 13. I am Alpha and Omega, the beginning and the end, the first and the last. In verse 16, I, Jesus, that's why I said it was Jesus earlier. You read Revelation, he'll tell that in the first and the last of the book. I, Jesus, have sent my angel, that means I'm messenger, to testify unto you these things in the church. Adam was not created to live forever. There's a lot of teachers and preachers who said that if he hadn't sinned, that he would have lived forever. No, he wasn't. I've taught this. Adam was created out of degraded, uh, cursed material. And he was, he was going, God made the provision because God knew that he was going to sin, and which he did. So God had already inaugurated. Before he ever created Adam, God had already sacrificed Jesus Christ in his mind. So Jesus Christ was God. The word made flesh, became flesh. The second person of the Trinity, the father, the, the flesh made Jesus Christ and the Holy Spirit, 
the third person of the Trinity, and he was born free of Adam's curse, did not receive Adam's sin curse. The Holy Spirit sired Jesus Christ in Mary, slant Miriam's womb. He impregnated her seed. The only acceptable sacrifice for sin to Father God, it is the blood of Jesus Christ, which he has accepted on, on behalf of everyone who will ask to be saved by his sacrificial sacrifice and his sacrificial blood. Let me leave you with this thought. John chapter 8, verse 24. I say, said therefore unto you that ye shall die in your sins. And he explains that. For if you believe not that I am he, ye shall die in your sins. This is the greatest sin unto death among a couple of three others, but this is the most grievous because it is eternal damnation to those who do not accept the Lord Jesus Christ as their Redeemer. So if you're listening to this, probably not, but if you're listening to this for another religion, take that to heart. Listen to this a couple of times. It probably won't speak much to you, but there'll be something in this that God can use. If you're a believer, Get these thoughts that we've shared today firmly in your understanding to where you can contend for the faith and defend these against all comers. So no, Jesus Christ was man and he did not inherit Adam's sin nature. Until the next time, this is Dr. West saying, I just pray that God will richly bless your life.